Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Bing, bada bing. Hello, welcome to Homo Sapiens. I will be your train announcer for today. Everybody on the fast train to Homo Land, buckle up. Refreshments will be through in a minute. Hello, 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 listeners. How are you? What's going on? I'm sitting here bathed in sunlight. I've got a little project on today. I'm going to go to Winchcombe Pottery because I got for Christmas a little voucher to go and buy something from Winchcombe Pottery. My si- well, I didn't get it, actually. My sister gave it to my husband. We're going to go and buy some mugs because we want some more mugs. Well, I want a big mug for tea and coffee. What's been going on with all of you lot? I'm aware We've just had Blue Monday on Monday the 17th of January, which is famously the most depressing day of the year. So listen to me being all chipper, raising your week out of the depths of Blue Monday just a few days ago. We've got a right old cheer up of an episode for you. We're talking about January blues. Hayley Kiyoko is our guest. So she is known as the lesbian Jesus. She's a superstar in America. She's less well known in the UK. I think that would be fair to say, but she's a singer. Amazing music. Have you been listening to all our recent episodes? We've got our lovely chat with Tori Peters. We've got our episode about Dry January, where we chatted to Tony Hogg. Please let us know how you're getting on with Dry January. Actually got some nice voice notes from people later on this very topic. Make sure you keep in touch with us about all and sundry, please. It's hello at homosapienspodcast.com or on Instagram at homosapiens. And if you would do us the honour, please leave your lovely reviews on Apple Podcasts because that is so great for getting the show, people noticing it, sharing it, liking it. So go to Apple Podcasts, give us a review and we will choose Review of the Week where we give away to our favourite review, one of the lovely redesigned Homo Sapiens T-shirts, which is very exciting. Also keep your Agony Uncle questions coming in on email or on Instagram. If necessary, I will take them to the person I think who can help me answer it best, or I will answer it myself given my, um, you know, patchy life experience. And what else? Are you coming to see us live on the 14th of February for The Guilty Homo Sapien, which is our crossover event with Deborah Francis White and The Guilty Feminist? Please come down. I want to meet you all. It's at King's Place in London, which is in King's Cross. It's on the 14th of February, Valentine's Day, so bring a date. It's going to be from 7.30. The link to buy tickets is in the episode description. And what we're doing is we're doing a kind of crossover episode with The Guilty Feminist. So The Guilty Feminist is Deborah Francis White's supersonic cultural sensation podcast all about feminism and many other things in between, because she's a genius. And at the beginning of every episode, traditionally, what's always happened is they say, I'm a feminist, 
but uh, and people will say I'm a feminist but um, you know I actually really like being objectified or you know things like that things that are against the typical nature of being of feminism and what me and Deborah decided we'd do for an episode is do you know I'm a homo sapien but or I'm an LGBTQ plus person but and try and do an episode based around the ideas of all the unexpected things about being LGBTQ plus where we all feel like we're getting it wrong um, when in fact we're not we're just being the very broad spectrum rainbow spectrum that we all are and there's loads of things I've always felt like I get wrong about being queer and actually I sort of learned from this podcast how it doesn't matter and you just got to do your own version so very funny it'll be a very funny episode we'd love you all to come down and join in the recording or not join in I hate audience participation myself and yeah so can't wait it's gonna be a really great episode please come down get your tickets link in bio be so nice to meet you all so nice to put faces to names uh so make sure you get your tickets they're selling out had a look they're selling out so get involved that's all my housekeeping over and done with we've got tons and tons of messages and things from you all so let's get stuck in A lot of you have been going through the archives. Kate's been in touch. She said, I just finished listening to your interview with the lovely Hannah Gadsby. I was especially interested in her discussing her autism diagnosis with you. Can you hear those birds in the background? Guys, it's winter. Aren't you all supposed to be asleep? I'll try and carry on, listeners. But, you know, this is like an episode of Blue Planet. Sorry, back to Kate's email. My daughter, who is now 25, was diagnosed at age 10 with autism. We struggled for years to help her. She was so shy and terribly anxious. School was a nightmare for her. I had broached the possibility she was on the spectrum with our family doctor when she was about seven, but was told no, she was too social. I have since learned, as Hannah mentioned, that boys and girls presented differently. I read everything I could find and understand how she could be supported. When the child psychiatrist said she believed my daughter was on the spectrum, I cried tears of relief and validation. She really has a hard time with severe anxiety, so she still receives a disability pension. We live in Ontario, Canada. She lives on her own, does all her own shopping, banking, etc. But as Hannah mentioned, she sees the world in a different way, in a very unique way. Absolutely. Anyway, thanks for the great interview and keep up the good work. Kate, thank you so much for that lovely message. Thrilled to hear that you managed to get there with a diagnosis. And Hannah, the way she explains her own situation, I think has helped so many people. So if anyone hasn't heard that interview, go back and have a listen because she's extremely funny, extremely kind, and extremely wise. What a combo. We could all do with more people like that in the world, couldn't we? Sounds like you're one of those people, Kate. And I love that you kept your tenacity, even because you knew in your gut what was really going on there and I'm reminded of how so often science and medicine are swayed towards men and we know more about how men present in things rather than women and you know for example there's that whole thing that crash test dummies were built oh a little thing just popped up saying whatsapp would like to access the camera what does that mean I don't understand oh someone's trying to video call me no thanks um where was i oh crash test dummies so crash test dummies they used to test how a human would be damaged in a car crash were built for men's bodies not women's so car protection and car safety is built around men's bodies not women's bodies just a small example but very interesting when it comes to what you're saying about autism there kate um lovely email from mandy here hello i'm a mum who grew up in the 1980s free thinking and all welcoming or so i thought 
until the day my daughter came home from college and boldly declared, Mum, I don't think we are binary. She set off a realisation inside me that I didn't understand the complexity and subtlety of sexuality and gender, and that I was being as narrow-minded as the generations before me who didn't accept homosexuality. You are part of my re-education. Ah, lovely, Mandy. Through the podcast, I'm being introduced to homo sapiens of all different shapes, size, race, gender, sexuality and colour. How cool is that? I'm learning about how to use they and listening to a world of stories I wouldn't ordinarily encounter. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please have patience with folk like me. We just need to be guided. Much love, Mandy, a primary school teacher. Well, Mandy, I'm thrilled to hear that. And so many things in that email ring true. Please have patience with folk like me. We just need to be guided. I think absolutely dollops of patience um, through the podcast. I am being introduced to homo sapiens of all different shapes, etc. And I think that's the kind of thing, isn't it? Like, you know, homo sapiens, if you go to an exhibition, they'll show you a man and a woman and then an ancient man and a Neanderthal man and a Neanderthal woman. And it's too simple. It's too simple for what's real. And I think what I have found so odd in life, which I think unites a lot of, you know, the people listening and the people we talk to is that like, it doesn't seem as simple as that to us. And through that doorway is love, light, fun, games, acceptance. There's so much behind, you know, once you kind of work that out, you find your gang. And this is the gang. And I'm having a lovely time with it. So thank you, Mandy. Now, before we get on to Blue Monday feel-good stuff, I've got loads of feel-good things for you to cheer up your, your Blue January. Blue January? What did I say? What's it called? January blues. We've got food suggestions. We've got songs, movies, all sorts. Let's have a listen to this voice note here from Lena. Chris, you're just talking about moving through a crowd and trying to not navigate it, but walk straight through it. And you're surprised that people move out of the way. And <laughs> I try this on a regular basis that, you know, again, generalizing when straight men walk towards me, I don't move out of the way, <laughs> but I always get grazed or even kind of shouldered because they they really don't move it happens very rarely and yeah I just found that quite interesting and I'm not a small person I'm I'm like six feet tall but (laughs) yeah I still get kind of bumped out of the way but I love experimenting with that as well and thank you for sharing your experience that's really interesting Dana, I love that you do that as well there's two of us beetling our way through train stations trying to take down the patriarchy from the inside but what I think is interesting is that you get bumped into and I don't. And obviously this is a very small experiment and it's not, you know, scientific. But I do think that the experience of being in a man's body, um, this is quite abstract, but let's go with it, listeners. The experience of being in a man's body, it should I choose to behave how an expected man should because I'm six foot one, and if I just walk directly at people, they sort of will get out of my way because I tick all the other boxes of what should be happening. Whereas I think sometimes uh, if it's a woman, if that's how you identify Lena, I shouldn't assume, will, because of other elements of how they present, that person presents, will be bumped out of the way. Which is why I find it so weird when I am in like a, I mean, this doesn't really happen anymore because because I don't leave the house pandemic. But, you know, if you're in like a in a man in a locker room environment, men 
behave in a certain way in there around you, assuming you're one of them, which I suppose I am, but I don't feel like one. Anyway, it's very interesting. And I'm pleased you've been doing it. And thank you for getting in touch, Lena. We had a message about Dry January from one of our listeners, Craig. Let's have a listen to this. Hi, Chris. I'm particularly awful when it comes to drink. I can't control it. I just can't stop once I've started. Like, I just down my drinks. And on New Year's Eve, on New Year's Day, I woke up on the kitchen floor because my husband just couldn't get me to bed. It's not a great start of the year. But I find without a few drinks in me, I get particularly self-conscious, you know, I think I struggle for making conversation in sort of social situations. But um, since January, I've been dry January, and forced myself to obviously go out and uh, have a few alcohol-free beers, and um, been perfectly fine, actually. I think I'm so used to having drink when out, you know, socially, that I thought I had to have it to be able to be normal, but Oh, I, can, I can actually do it, so I'm actually enjoying the dry January and um, might even continue after January. Not forever, I don't think I'd ever stop drinking completely, but just exceptional circumstances rather than um, every day, which was happening during <laughs> during the Christmas period. How amazing that you say, you know, you felt you had to drink because you couldn't, you know, be normal in a social situation without it. Cut to, you know, you even, we're not even halfway, well, we are halfway through January and you've managed to slay your demons and get out there and be perfectly confident in a situation without drinking. And I think that's amazing. Well done. And I think it is important to remember that everybody feels as nervous as that in social situations. And I think we often feel like, you know, we want to drink to bring us up to the level of where everyone else is naturally. But that's why everyone's drinking in these rooms because everybody's feeling like that. And actually, I don't know what you all think, listeners, but I think it is to do with being vulnerable, allowing yourself to be vulnerable, allowing yourself to be shy. That's okay. And I do think there's a specific around LGBTQ plusness here as well, that I think you are taught from a young age to not allow yourself to be authentic and therefore vulnerable in situations. You're very used to putting on a front. So alcohol enters the frame and you're like, great, well, that will help me. And actually, just being able to, I read this book, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Adele recommended it, not personally, just on the internet. And she talks about many things. We should get her on the podcast, actually. But she talks about sitting with your discomfort and being able to sit with your discomfort. And I think that is a lot of what not drinking is about. I have not really drunk since we last spoke, uh, which, you know, <clears throat> I'm not looking for a medal, but I just thought I'd share that with you all. And yeah, it's about, like you say, Craig, maybe working out what works for you. And if it's occasionally works for you, then all power to you and well done. Battling the January blues. Let's get on with that. Beating Blue Monday. We were putting out on socials and boy, did you lot get in touch. Okay, so we asked the first question. Let's think about how to cheer ourselves up. It's cold outside. Let's talk movies. What listeners are your feel-good films? Well, hmm. What a beautiful selection you sent. Zon Valdez said Casablanca. I've still never seen it. It's a real bugbear in our family, in our family, with my husband, because he bought it for me, probably on our second date, because I said I'd never seen it. I've still never watched it. P. Burns says Hocus Pocus, who doesn't love a strong female cast. Oh, my God, it's Bette Midler. Uh, Who else is in Hocus Pocus? Is it Cher? Let's have a quick look. Hocus Pocus Cher. Bette Midler, Kathy Najimy. 
and Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh my god! I, anyway, I still love the movie. Forgot Sarah Jessica Parker was in it. Um, always have that with Kim Cattrall. She always shows up in films as well. Um, Death becomes her or Pride. A couple of people recommending Pride. George says Little Miss Sunshine. Love Little Miss Sunshine. The First Wives Club. So that's Bette Midler as well. I love First Wives Club. If in doubt, a Bette Midler vehicle. What about beaches? Why has no one suggested that? Sex in the City. Mm, yes, Vuka. Do we find Sex in the City problematic? Question mark. Lots of people feel that. Um, the Greatest Showman and A Hunt for the Wilder People. I've not seen The Greatest Showman, much to my dismay. Ben's recommending Notting Hill. Me and my friend Amy used to watch that. She had a television in her room at university, but it didn't get any signal where we were, so we couldn't watch television. <laughs> it had a VHS player in it. So the only thing we watched was the only VHS she had, which was Notting Hill. So we just put it on. Every time we were like on a Sunday board, we'd just put it on. Always Be My Maybe. That was the LGBT film that came out just before Christmas, no? Comfort foods. Now, I made a chicken pie the other day. Happy to put the recipe online if anyone wants it. I read Felicity Cloak's book. It, I think it's called like the best dot dot dot. So it's like the best chicken pie, the best, you know, bolognese, the best chili con carne. She kind of reads all the different recipes and then makes her own. What I do is I read Felicity Cloak's one and then I kind of riff on that to make the best best. And so I made a chicken pie as a, like a lovely winter warmer. So we asked you, what is your go-to comfort food? How can we cheer up this January blues with some comfort food? Ben says, microwave chicken tikka masala. Oh, yum. Doppelganger says popcorn, which I think is so simple. And by the way, people, healthy. Rich Cow says pasta carbonara. Oh my God, pasta carbonara. If you cook the onions really slowly for a long time and dare I say the tiniest tiniest little bit of sugar in the onions beforehand my mouth is watering while I'm saying this is embarrassing you have the loveliest carbonara in the world Proctor loves tuna pasta I wonder if you do a tuna pasta bake where you then do the pasta and then you stick it in the oven with some cheese on top ah my mouth won't stop watering what's the matter with me George has been making pumpkin and amaretti tortellini which hello is very grown up Matt Crease has been doing Charlie Bingham's mac and cheese. Ugh. Have you ever had Charlie Bingham's? You can get it in the supermarket. Comes in like a little wooden basket. It's like eating something very posh. A real treat. Sam loves a cream egg. Cadbury's cream egg. I remember throwing up after Cadbury's cream egg when I was um, younger. So they've not really been in my life much. Um, there goes my Cadbury's cream egg sponsorship, dearly listeners. Oh, well, we'll get through it. Nikki likes a bit of Spanish tortilla. I love a Spanish tortilla because you can put whatever you like in it. That's what's great about them. George, I cannot believe you're talking about this because George has written something here which came up in conversation yesterday that I had never heard of and then twice in two days. George Grace Gibson makes super noodle sandwich with tomato sauce where you get a super noodle and you put it between two bits of bread, basically. My husband was talking about how he used to do it at university yesterday. Animals, the pair of you, but I bet it's yummy. Joel just likes bread of any kind. Go for it, Joel. Aha! Who was it who says lamingtons? My Kiwi best friend bakes them. Now, lamingtons, very Kiwi, very Aussie. But I can't see the name. Who said that? Let me know. Uh, P. Byrne likes a good pot of tea and chocolate digesters. Yes, I'm an old lady. No, you're not, Patrick. P. even. I think your name is Patrick. Um, You're on the money is what you are. 
Craig loves cheese on beans on toast. And I pimped up the beans with curry powder. Pimping up the beans with curry powder. Nice. I saw someone did something while I was away where they put chickpeas in a tin of baked beans to kind of make it go further, which I quite liked as a concept. The other thing Jamie Oliver does with a chili con carne is he puts chickpeas in a chili con carne. Now, I'm aware every time Jamie Oliver tries to change a much-loved recipe, the internet goes mad. I don't think it got cancelled for putting chickpeas in the chili con carne, but I can recommend it. I like it. Grant likes Campbell's cream of chicken soup. Bianca makes a vegan meat pay from Quebec with cranberry jelly. Bianca, you've got to send in that recipe. That sounds amazing. I mean, if there isn't enough to be getting on with there for our lovely winter warmers people, what we're we doing? Someone else has said in the food, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Well, I think that might be a movie suggestion, but you never know. It could be a lovely pudding. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Then we ask, what's your song? What's your go-to song to put you in a good mood? Oh, I mean, there are so many. And also, define good mood, even though I wrote the question. <sighs> this doesn't actually lift my mood, but it's just come into my head. Madonna, Frozen. And actually, Sean here says Madonna, anything. Frozen is just, changes my mood. It transports you somewhere. I just think that song is incredible. Let's look at the ones that cheer you up. Kelly says, Hey Ya by Outcast. Yes. Unofficial McDonald says, Tightrope by Janelle Monet. Lots of love for Elton. Army of Me by Bjork. Ed, okay, bit dark, isn't it? Isn't that song quite dark? Club Tropicana. Love it. Into the Groove by Madonna. At Last by Etta James. Oh, wow. What an opening to a song. I want to dance with somebody. Thank God someone's put some Whitney in here. Lots of Whitney. I don't want to dance with somebody's in here, actually, everybody. Thank you for that. ABBA Dancing Queen, even though the lyrics are sad. Good point. I actually really don't like ABBA Dancing Queen. Oops. That's going to be another one we can talk about at the live event, where it's I'm a homo sapien, but... VUCA says 2000 songs. Yeah, I mean, you've got to go and follow Pop Textbook on Instagram if you like those songs, because... It is an amazing resource of like the history of amazing pop songs from the noughties. Then we asked you, life hacks to lift your mood. So when you're down and blue, what do you do to put yourself in a good mood? What do I do? Hmm, that's a very good point. Do you know what? I have a hot bath. A hot bath can really, really, really change my mood. 
and I have noticed that it is my secret serum. Serum? There's a word. Uh, my secret squirrel. It is so good to do that, to have a hot bath, to change my mood. So let's have a look at what you guys do. Jim says, just stop and actually look at the world around you. What a beautiful point. Vuka says, lavender oil walks and calling a friend. I love lavender oil and I actually, that's what I put in my bath. So we're on the same page there. Walk or read. Plunging my head into a bucket of cold water. Okay, George, you go, you be you. Um, Solo trip to the cinema, says Tom. No phone or screens an hour before bed or the first hour after waking up. Very, very good point. A walk and a podcast, preferably Homo sapiens. Bless you. That's not going to get you a t-shirt, all right? Breath work. Check out the Wim Hof method on YouTube. That's the person who dunks themselves in cold water, isn't it? I ain't doing that. Uh, That's not true. I would. Uh, Actually, turning your shower onto cold for just 10 seconds, apparently, is the sort of good gateway into finding the benefits of that. Friday's catch-up says, group of friends always catch up on Fridays to close the week. I love that. Fresh hot bath with candles, says Grant. Yes, Grant. Bar of chocolate, red wine, good film. I mean, what a combo. That's Well, we can deliver all of those with this little survey we've got here, Rob. Be amongst the trees. And Kelly says knitting. Of course you do, Kelly, because you're a big knitter. I think that what's interesting is a lot of people are saying, don't have your phones. I like it. Then what we asked is, we asked for your lovely stories. Has anyone ever done something to cheer you up, listeners? 67% of you said that, yes, a friend, a lovely friend has cheered you up. Let's have a listen to George. This is so sweet. A lovely thing that one of my friends, Natalie, did for me in the first lockdown was to ask um, queer London-based artist Freddie Lanker to do a pick-me-up portrait of us. Um, it was a digital portrait and I got it through on email and it was just a really lovely thing to receive when everything was just not great, was it? Um, but thank you, Natalie. That was really a beautiful thing to do. I think that is so bloody kind. I can't tell you. And Freddie Lanker is that amazing illustrator who we've actually spoken about. We've even profiled on our social media, um, who is a listener to the podcast. I love Freddie and what a lovely thing for a friend to do. It just all that nice stuff cannot be underestimated in, in the nutritious and lovely effect it has on you. Chris got in touch and said, Around my thirtieth birthday I was feeling disconnected from friends and generally irrationally worried about turning thirty. So my best friend arranged a treasure hunt. My BF, can that mean boyfriend? Um, arranged a treasure hunt that took me to all my favourite places in London and in each of these places was one of my closest friends. This is amazing. It was so incredible gathering my friends up and bouncing across the city. The final destination was a gorgeous restaurant. We all ate and reminisced for the night. Absolute perfection. I am astounded by the kindness and thoughtfulness of that. That is so lovely. My husband once did a lovely surprise lunch for me for my birthday and it was so nice. And actually as someone who is a bit like about surprises, it's really nice to have it taken out of your hands, the process, and someone just going, nope, this is what we're doing. And it was so magical and all those thoughtful things. You remember them forever. I think that's what's so lovely about them. And we had another message here. Over last summer, I didn't really meet too many people. I was mostly stuck at home with my parents and younger brother. I would occasionally head into London for ballroom dance classes at my university. 
One time the class was cancelled whilst I was on the train. Luckily, some friends from my old student halls invited me round for a barbecue. When I arrived, despite the fact that they were super busy cooking and handing everything out to a courtyard full of freshers, they all ran over to me and gave me a huge bear hug. We danced, ate brilliant food, got a bit drunk on the Blue Lagoon, and it was one of the best nights of my life. Also, about half of them were queer, so I have no obligation to turn myself down. Ah, oh, that's lovely. Full Gay Alley was in attendance that night. Interesting how blue Curacao is thicker than blood. Oh, and, you know, your queer family is thicker than blood. I love, love, love that. What lovely mates you've got. I better tell my friends to, you know, buck up their ideas. <sighs> and if that hadn't cheered you up enough, let me take the cheering up another notch with a lovely chat with Hayley Kyoko, lesbian Jesus, superstar singer in America. The reason I came, she came to my attention actually is because she was so open and honest about her mental health. And on Instagram, she is an absolute amazing resource of incredible music, but also incredible honesty. She's a guiding light. I know you're going to love her. She's going to make you laugh. She's going to make you... She's not going to make you cry because it's, you know, we're trying not to do that. It's blue January or whatever you call it. Here's a lovely chat with Hayley. Does your dad have a podcast? My dad used to speak on a podcast. But it wasn't his. Yeah. Just because I I remember I heard you and him on it. Oh, you did? Yeah. Knowing my father, who is a comedian and says he's retired, but just loves to find a way to perform, <laughs> you know, doesn't surprise me one bit. Yes, because it was, um, I, I thought your dad sounded like, the most fun in the world and <laughs> I loved that it kind of swung between he's clearly an entertainer he's clearly clearly good mm-hmm. at what he does you're clearly an entertainer you're clearly good at what you do so these these two people are being very really good at their jobs basically but then it would just then swing into total father-daughter conversation and then it would swing right <laughs> out again and there's this sort of because you've you've achieved a ton and the other people in the room were sort of being very reverential, which is right. You know what I mean? And going, oh, you did that thing and you did. Then your dad would come in with a comment about like, oh, yeah, Haley, you like that one, don't you? And you're like, like, dad, shut up, basically was the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it like, but that, I feel like that's with everyone in your parents. It's like yeah. you, you are yourself. And then when you're with your parents, you are yourself, but a different version because they're still your parents, if that makes sense. Like my dad, he's so great. He's always been super, super supportive of my dreams because he's a massive dreamer. But he, being as a comedian, was always trying to get a laugh out of me. And it's so funny. I I realized for a while I – I didn't like laughing because I, it was like a defense mechanism where like he would try to make me laugh and I would just like, even if it was funny, I wouldn't laugh just to be like, ha that wasn't funny, <laughs> which is like, I'm in therapy. It's fine. Like things will work out. But I realized that about myself and I've, I've reclaimed this ownership and the joy of laughter Um, cause as a child, it was like the one power I had was because like his friends were comedians. They'd all come over and they'd be like, let me tell you a joke. And I'd be like, I'm not going to laugh even if it's funny. So like, don't even try. To not laugh at a comedian. Like that's just cutting off air supply. Like that's a, that is a (laughs) strong move. I was bold. (laughs) I was courageous. What can I say? 
at a young age. So was he someone always trying to be the entertainer even at home? Yes. He's definitely a live and breathe entertainer for sure. Like we, like my mom and I, if we go to the mall and he's like, I want to come to the mall because he loves shopping too, like browsing. Mm. (laughs) And we can't take him anywhere because he's always talking to someone. And I'm like, who was that? And he's like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) I'm like, what do you mean? Like you just talked to them for 20 minutes, like while we were in Zara or whatever. That's so funny. Like, so he just loves, it's very endearing. Um, He loves people and loves like, making people feel good. That's lovely. I've got a friend's mum who's like that. And we always all go on holiday together. And we would have been there for a week. And I haven't spoken to anybody else in the hotel. And she has got everybody's story. Everyone's number. Yeah. She's like, (laughs) she walks down towards the swimming pool, like, you know, like Ronaldo entering the football pitch. It's like, hey, hey. And everyone's like, oh my God, hi. And she can tell you everybody's stories. I'm always so in awe of those people who can do that because I don't know I'm I'm not actually shy I really enjoy talking to people but I just I don't fundamentally have that part in me for some reason I don't have that in me as well and I I agree with you I'm not shy either but Mm. for me to just like start up a very lengthy in-depth conversation with just like someone and having like nothing to talk about you know like not like oh I like your shoes like it just like out of like nothing. I, I just can't do it. I don't I don't have yeah. that skill set. And it's a really magical skill set that some people have that we are without. <laughs> and hence, we are speaking to each other about it. <laughs> <laughs> really quietly in the corner of a podcast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone that we're getting to know each other. Um, not that this is a podcast about your dad, but I did have one other thing to say, which I loved, which was which I which I really recognised myself in interactions with my own family, where I feel sometimes, and I'm older than you, but like sometimes I feel like the generation above me think I'm so touchy feely about stuff, and it's like you you said something like, or you said life is really hard, isn't it? And mm-hmm. and your dad was like yeah life is hard and there was that kind of friction embodied in that moment where it's like yes you really listened to it I remember that moment specifically (laughs) do you yes because he's always telling me to just like smile through things like Mm. when I'm going through like severe depression he's just like we'll just smile and I'm like that's not how it works yeah you know and that's interesting that you caught caught on to that because I I feel like that is the ultimate (laughs) difference between the generations which Mm. I love we don't smile through it we choose to speak out about it and try and find other people who are going through it and try and band together and change it we're continually trying to normalize mental health which I think has been just like I don't know if it's been ignored or or what through generations but I feel like we're continually actively putting in the work to normalize mental health and that we have highs and we have lows and being there for each other and normalizing those feelings which I feel like I'm really proud of with these newer generations to be able to allow space to process things Mm. which maybe you know the past generations I don't really know why that wasn't happening necessarily Mm. 
I don't know either. And I always wonder, but you've done tons of amazing work around that, haven't you? And it's like, there's now however many millions of people who follow you who look to you as a bit of a guiding light in that sense, I imagine. Thank you. I think, you know, as you were speaking, I was just thinking about, I think that like past generations, they felt the way we felt, but there's a lot of shame behind it and so I think it's trying to kind of take away that the shame element of feeling how you feel feeling lost feeling isolated feeling abandoned you know going through ups and downs and struggling with depression and anxiety there's a lot of shame behind it yes um and so it's just trying to unmask that and make it more of a safe space because the safer you feel, then maybe it'll be a little easier to navigate. And um, I've definitely gone through some challenging times with my mental health and I find the best way to kind of cope and, and kind of move forward is being able to share it with other people and help Mm. each other get through it. Like, what do you do? What Mm. works for you? You know, and sharing that and then trying it maybe it doesn't work. And, because we're so individualized, our needs are so specific, physically, our body, mentally, emotionally, um, we're very complex. Humans are very complex. And so I think for me, with just like music and my sexuality and everything, I kind of realized that my purpose in life was to try to make things easier for other people. That's the end of part one of a lovely chat with Hayley Kyoko. If you want to hear part two, go back to the feed. You'll hear part two. More chat with Hayley. More joy. More James. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Powered by Spirit Studios.